I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Part 4. Is Your Door Open? I remember being in college at Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, and wanting to get away from time to time to a quiet place to reflect and pray. My refuge of choice was St. Albans Canterbury House, a resident-style sanctuary that is operated by the Episcopalians. For more than 50 years, it has kept its doors open to students seeking a place to quietly converse with their Father God. Each and every time I tried the door of the house, I found it open to me. I don't know if they had an open-door policy that was 24-7, but that was my experience the entire time I attended college. It was comforting to know that the door to that house, like the door to Jesus Christ Himself, was open to me whenever I needed access to it. Of course, nothing this side of eternity can match the unlimited access that we have to Jesus Christ, our Jehovah Jireh, our Provider. The place where Abraham prepared to sacrifice Isaac bears his name. The literal Greek translation of Jehovah Jireh, also used as a name of God, means the Lord hath seen. In modern language, the translation, God himself will provide the lamb, is often used. Indeed, our Lord seeks and stands ready to meet our needs when we believe in him and seek his will. He provided Jesus Christ as a door to salvation. But there is another door that needs to be open before we enter through our Savior and into salvation, and that door is the one to our hearts. The door himself, Jesus, stands at the door of our hearts and knocks, according to Revelation 3.20. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. It's important to note the language here. Jesus won't break down a door. He is looking for followers who will open it of their own free will. Our hearts must be open to relationship with Him, just as they must be open to any relationship for true, genuine, authentic relationship. Although many people realize Jesus is the door to salvation, they don't always take responsibility for their part in welcoming Him as their Savior. They keep meaning to get around to opening the door to their heart when it suits their schedule. Perhaps they say to themselves they are young and have all the time in the world to get around to that. Or maybe they keep their heart closed out of fear of rejection or shame and not being worthy enough to let him in. Whatever the excuse, God's word dispels such misconceptions. Paul warned of the urgency of accepting Christ sooner rather than later in Romans 13.11. You know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. And the prophet Isaiah recognized the need to seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near, in chapter 55, verse 6 of this book. And as for the idea that we must be worthy to receive God, Romans 8.1 reminds us that there is no condemnation in Christ. So once we submit to God, we are actually freed by his grace from any feelings of shame. We have to recognize that within ourselves. We are grafted into God's forever family. We trade in rejection for unconditional love and acceptance. Another door in our heart that we need to make sure we keep open is the door that opens us to the needs of others. We'll talk more about that in the next episode. But are we actively pursuing relationships with individuals who are seeking answers to their spiritual questions? 
Are we sensitive to others who are journeying along the wrong path, offering personal testimonies of how God works in our lives? Jesus laid himself out in the Great Commission in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. He said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. When we reach one more soul for Jesus, we help that person cross over to a life that they were meant to lead as they serve the God they were meant to love. Soul-winning endeavors do much more than just benefit the redeemed. They also affirm the reason for our existence this side of eternity. Evangelism, in even a one-to-one form, is part of the plan and purpose God has for all His children. In Proverbs 11.30 we read, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. And in Revelation 26, Christians who share the gospel are further affirmed. There we read, Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with Him for a thousand years. Passing the torch of faith once passed to us is as much a divine privilege as it is a holy assignment. Our hearts grow in the fullness of God so that we can share the overflow of love that only comes from being in a supernatural relationship. And in God's unlimited economy, the dividends from this investment will last far into eternity. After all, love never ends, and that beautiful truth can be found in 1 Corinthians 13.8. I'd like to read an excerpt now from my first book, The Side Door, and this entry is entitled, The Side Door, Where Others Knock. We've all had that moment when the inconvenient phone call the knock at the door, or the tap on the shoulder in the middle of that unhurried errand interrupts us when the last thing we have time for is a 20-minute discussion with anyone. And yet there is a need. A friend requires a shoulder or a listening ear or maybe even some sound advice. In our minds, we think we are helpful, but often we want to help on our own terms. We are willing to go the extra mile as long as it coincides with our schedule. Looking at these missed opportunities on the outside and not acting on them does not necessarily constitute sinful behavior. Sometimes we really do have a dentist appointment or a pressing engagement we must keep. But what if someone is in the need of help and we simply don't bother to take the time when we actually could? How does that stand up to Jesus' commandment of love one another as I have loved you? And that's found in John fifteen twelve. We learn in God's word that Jesus is the door, but many people in your life have yet to go through that door. People who don't know Jesus might need someone like you to lead them there. If they aren't of the presence of mind to knock at his door yet, they might first knock at yours. Once they have come to you for help or wise counsel, you can lead them to Jesus. Are we willing to give till it hurts the way Jesus did? You've probably heard that expression, Jesus with skin on. This is what Christians are to the unsaved. The unsaved are able to catch sight of salvation through the side door of relationship with a Christ follower who genuinely cares. The Christian who reaches out doesn't just care enough to meet an immediate need. They care enough to help lead those with the greatest unmet need to the door, Christ himself. Sometimes knocks are less direct. We may perceive a need while reading the mail or seeing an ad on TV. Acting on these leads requires commitment, perseverance, and discernment. 
we may sacrifice time, energy, and comfort. It might be more fun to go shopping at the mall to buy expensive gifts for your family than to spend time and money providing a Christmas celebration for a poor Mexican village. But that is exactly the kind of thing God calls us to do. In Matthew 6:19, Jesus says, Do not store up riches for yourselves here on earth. There is a famous line in the 80s movie Wall Street where Martin Sheen asks Michael Douglas, How many yachts can you water ski behind? How much is enough? Are we truly willing to live by Jesus' first and greatest commandment? We may not perfect the art of living, but we can aspire to it. And the keys to kingdom living are remain flexible enough to bend over backwards for others instead of insisting on standing up for what you want or need at all costs. And the doorpost is, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. Truly I say to you, as you did, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. And that's from Matthew 25, 35, and 40. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.